can you talk a little bit about our first encounter and like what your first impressions of me were? Yeah. So this was a few years ago and I think you were in just for a consultation. We were talking about going super blonde with like blunt bangs and my first impression was that you were really stylish and I'm really pretty plain as far as hairdressers go. I'm kind of on the more chill side of my beauty routine. So I was like, oh my gosh, I hope she thinks I'm cool enough to do her hair. Oh my goodness. That's so That's funny. what I remember about it. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember you specifically telling me that my style was very like Tokyo-esque or something like that. Yes. We ask a lot of people, do you want to like whisper, talk, or shout? And I feel like I was on the whisper side and I was like, this girl is shouting. <laughs> she is letting the world know what is up. And Aww. I loved it. Well, I never thought you whispered, so. (laughs) Hi, you're listening to The Obvious Question. I'm Maddie Lawson, the glam one in the chair. And I'm Becky Smith, the one who, who walks. Today, we are going to talk about how to maintain this level of extra. A.K.A. hair and beauty. Have you ever had another client that used a wheelchair before? Yes, I've had two. Is that why you just felt comfortable, like, offering to help me? I think it was more, I find it, especially when people are coming in and they're trying to change the way they look and they're trying to change the way they feel. And sometimes I think that they come in with, like, a little bit of a a front, like they don't feel confident or comfortable and so a lot of people I can feel there's not quite they're not being quite authentic yet which is normal when you meet people and I'm the same way I usually am like more calm when I present myself and I'm a little unsure and I just felt like as soon as I met you you were super authentic you knew what you wanted you had this really good idea and it just made me feel comfortable with doing it and it didn't really have anything to do with your particular style it could have been a different style and it didn't have anything to do with your wheelchair it was just like this is what I want this is how I feel and I was like yes let's do it it was nice to just have that easy rolling with it attitude oh that's so sweet (laughs) wow that's cool that's like really cool that you like think that way because I feel like a lot of times in my life like I'm told reasons why I can't do something Mm -hmm. and with hair there's really no reason why I can't do anything no and so I remember whenever I came to you I was like my hair is thin like it's damaged because I like had colored it with a box my whole life and I was like I know like I don't know if I can do this light and you were like girl we can do whatever you want and it was just like kind of opened possibilities and that was like one of the few things that like I don't get a no from you know yes and everyone has the right to feel super confident when they leave and the right to find someone who makes them feel important and pampered and loved when you're there for those few hours you should feel like someone cares fully about making you feel your best when you were in beauty school did they Have any kind of training or anything about how to best service clients that have disabilities or like anything like that? No. So I've had two guests that are in wheelchairs and one of them was someone that 
came to my beauty school regularly, and it was not something that we really talked about. My professor, whatever you want to say, instructor from beauty school was pretty old-fashioned, so they were kind of the ones who, like, you know, the really old-fashioned in the beauty industry. You don't talk about anything. You literally just are constantly on. It was a little weird because there was things we couldn't cater to, and instead of just saying, hey, this, you know, this might happen, they were like, don't talk about it. Nobody will say anything. Let's just pretend like it doesn't happen. So my biggest problem when I came out was like, how do I address not just with people in wheelchairs, but, you know, I've had people with a zillion different needs that need to be catered. And it's like, how do I bring up the differences in their appointments with me without one, making them uncomfortable, but two, not just shoving it to the side? Because I feel like you can't give someone a good service anywhere, let alone, you know, their hair when you're in their personal space and you're talking to them and you're touching them if you don't just address what really is happening. Right. That also, I feel like as a person with a disability, I don't have a role in a room expecting them to like know how to do everything. Yeah. But whenever someone's like, how can I help? How can I do this for you? Or like when they bring it up. And so it's not like me having to be like, I need this, that and the other because I have to ask for so many things. And it's so nice that you were just like, oh, yeah, like I would totally do this. We were just like always really comfortable in that way. Yes. And I just, I don't know, that's cool that you noticed that. I feel like that's not something that everybody thinks about. It is often kind of pushed under the rug like that. Yes, and it's important to just say what it is. You know, I had someone with autism who was probably 12 when I met him, 14 when I stopped seeing him. And he was nonverbal and very um, easygoing when I met him, but kind of started going more towards like that violent. When he was scared, he got a little violent. And it was just... For a while, I was like, okay, don't say anything, don't say anything. And finally, I was like, so I need someone to help me either hold him or bring a comfort item because either I'm going to cut him or cut myself or what's going to happen is I'm not going to be able to do it because he is getting bigger than me. And his mom was like, nobody has told me this. They've all just called me and said, I can't do it anymore. So we just have to find a way to make it work because I'm not going to be able to go home and do it myself. But nobody had been honest with her. Nobody had just brought up, hey, this this has to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because I feel like people have a tendency to just pretend like problems don't exist so they don't have to address it. And so then yes. it becomes this you know, task to like not only find a hairdresser that's decent, but somebody that will accommodate your needs on top of that. And it's just hard to know like exactly where to go for that. And we've talked about this like a bunch of times, how every girl, like it's important to like have your glam squad or like the thing that you yes. do. For yourself, a lot of times girls have different disabilities that require accommodations. Like they're kind of discouraged from going out and doing that just because, you know, there's that awkward, you know, they have to ask for everything or they don't know if someone's going to be comfortable. You know, like as a hairdresser, like how does that make you feel knowing that there's girls that just don't even want to go? So I actually, I don't think I had ever thought about that until we started talking about it because I've always been of the mindset that if you come to me, My job is not to discourage you or send you away or look at you based on your ability or your age or your, you know, any kind of identity you have. It's just to make that work for you the best way I can. And so I've met so many people who maybe felt they wouldn't fit in into a salon or they wouldn't fit in into a nice salon or they wouldn't fit in with all girls that were working there or whatever the case may be. And I never really knew about it because I just never talked about like, oh, you know, how do you feel? Because it was just when you come in, 
I'm going to do my job. I'm going to make you feel good. And that's going to be that. So I guess that was just never something I really thought about because it's always been more about the service for me and what I was doing. So I never stopped to think about maybe maybe this person hasn't had this service before. And what advice would you give other salons to better accommodate differently abled clients? I think just being thoughtful about the way that we do things is a big thing. We think so much And I don't want to say it's like a fault thing or it's wrong because it really is just you're overthinking it. You know, you put so much emphasis on how your salon looks and the vibe that people are going to get when they walk in and making sure your team is dressed right and all this. So just put a little extra thought into, you know, how am I accommodating for everybody? Mm -hmm. And looking back on our first appointment, did you ever imagine that we would be as close as we are now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I really do just love everyone that I I have as guests. I really think that most of my job, 90% of it, is forming a relationship and caring about them and caring about what they want. I've met people before they were married, and now they have kids that I cut their hair. And it's just I want that relationship with everybody. It's just a different experience every time, and it has – you know, like I said, it, it is about the hair, but a lot of times, at least for me, it's less about the hair than it is about the appointment. Yeah, no, same for sure. It's always like a holiday whenever I'm like, I get to see Amber today. Like, yay. Yes. Um, and it's 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 more than, yeah, it's more than a hair appointment. It's, it's go hang out with my friend for a couple hours. Right. It's like fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. I feel like I'm not even at work most of the time when I'm working <laughs> until I have to do paperwork. And then I definitely feel yeah. like I'm at work. I didn't have a lot of salon experience. I had emailed a couple of salons and like signed up to like have consultations. And like I've had more of like negative experiences with nail salons because like a lot of times people don't like touching me. They like are afraid they're going to break me or they're going to hurt me. And like I've had my nails done before where they like do them so fast because they just want to stop touching me. And like, so oh God, we're going to break a finger. Yeah. And so, go like, fast. <laughs> they just go like so fast and then they look so bad. And I'm just really upset because I'm like, I'm paying for a service and you just are so uncomfortable with me that like. I have nails. They're still normal. Yeah. Just do them. <laughs> yeah. Or people are afraid since my arms don't straighten all the way of how close they have to get to me. I'm like, no, like sit right here. Like sit on my lap basically. Make them look good. I got gum. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It was just nice to be able to go to a place that I fit in with, like, the salon personalities. I'm very girly. I love hair and makeup and all that stuff. Sassy. Yes. And um, so I'm like, I know I belong in this atmosphere. I don't want to have to fight to be here. And I never had to fight with you and, like, your salon. Yeah. And I think it's just another thing of people being afraid to call it out when I need something for Maddie. If I can talk about her head noodling. I just tell someone to come hold it and it's not like an awkward, it's not like, okay, hold it in a really like nondescript way where you're actually holding her head, but just pretend like you're holding a flower. You know, I'm just like, hold her head because mama's about to get rough. I'm about to go in with a blow dryer and get rough and I don't want her head to noodle out. I don't know. I think it's just call it out. Say what it is. It's not. I, I love that you're not afraid to get rough with me. 
yeah. a lot of people like are so scared of hurting me and I'm always like no like I want you to like rip me rip my Be, head like right. do whatever you have to just make it look good beauty is pain beauty is pain time and money pain time and money all of the above <laughs> The extra things that I do are not that huge. I think a lot of people might think that carrying her is a huge deal, but I would much rather carry a really nice, cool person than have to deal with someone who's super rude. <laughs> so it's it's not much. Sometimes I steal people's stations and I'm like, I want to be close to the shampoo bowl. Let's switch. And I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. You know, we carry and then we might throw a pillow down on the shampoo bowl. But it's it's never been anything more than that. Which is, like, so cool because, I don't know, I remember the first time, like, I had to ask or that I was asking if you would lift me and stuff. I was, like, so nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so much. That's such a big task. And, like, to you, it just seems like you no. just never seem to, like, mind. And There's big tasks, but those are the ones that, like, emotionally drain you. And sometimes what... Some people think is not a big task. It really is. You know, they're really expecting a lot from you emotionally and they're expecting more like favors. And those are the things that are like, this is taking so much time. This is taking so much energy. But just to have a few accommodations really isn't, to me, it's never been like a big deal. I'm grateful for our relationship as a service provider, especially when I moved salons. I was like, oh, my gosh, I really hope I've done enough for every person and that I've shown them how much I care, that they know that my connection to them has more to do with this just exchange of services and money. So Maddie had called me one day and she was like, will you come help me out? And it was so touching that she actually trusted me as a person, not just as a hairstylist. She, like, trusted me enough outside of work to be with her and stuff. It was just really, it was a big deal for me because I, I feel like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not just this hairdresser. I'm not just this person she comes to when she needs something. She actually likes me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. She did some personal care for me. She came over and had some pee parties. Um, it was, it was a time. <laughs> is, that what we, is that what we call them? It's a time, yeah. Listen, I've been saying the wrong thing my whole life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a party that I'm never alone. Able-bodied people have to pee alone. Like, that's really sad. I feel bad for you guys. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's been awesome to find Amber because now I can give advice to other girls that are in chairs that are like, oh, I don't go to any of the salons downtown or I don't do this. Because I can be like, why not? You totally should because there are people out there that are willing to accommodate you. There's probably, for like any person that won't accommodate you, there's like 10 that will. I think not taking no for an answer is just what you got to do. And you got to, like, I think every person deserves to have that salon experience where, you know, you leave feeling better about yourself. You don't leave feeling like you just burdened someone for an hour and a half to, like, do your hair. Everyone deserves to feel pretty and feel pampered. And um, your money is just as green as the able-bodied money. Yeah. Right, able-bodied <laughs> people's money. Let's um, call it what it is. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> Honestly, just don't give up because one person can't do it. Special thanks to the whole Obvious Question team. This episode was reported by Taylor Kinnerup, produced by Elena Rivera, edited by our fearless leader, Ryan from Mjolnir, online and social media presence from Nathan Lawrence, 
And our executive producer and overall excellent human is Aaron Hay. This has been The Obvious Question. I'm Maddie Lawson. I'm Becky Smith. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.